I was I was reading coach's bio um, and apparently somewhere in there it said that he so he was a soccer coach and he told him he was going to be gone like a week or two and he just <laughs> he just ne- he went never survive. came back, <laughs> just never came back. <laughs> just turns like three months I was like huh <laughs> That was my favorite thing. Looking at his Wikipedia's, like, yeah, yeah he said, <laughs> "That's good stuff right there." He's just so interesting. I'm watching through 15 right now, um, and man, I, I at first I was, I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I, I think I, I appreciate 15 and the people on it more, having watched 14 and seeing how unlikable some of the people on there are. Um, Mm-hmm. But I, right now I'm to the point where like I really like James. Mm-hmm. I really like. I think like Todd was kind of like seemed a little bit iffy to me at the beginning, but he is the he's like really playing the game well. Like he had he's always a couple steps ahead, um, at least so far. I don't know if he slips up eventually, but so far he's been he seems like he's playing the game really well. Like he like his move with uh, James where he gave mm-hmm. the immunity idol and there he was going to throw the eating challenge and then they were going to get uh Jamie off. I was like that is 5D chess, bro. Like that is so <laughs> that's 5D chess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amanda's really good. Amanda is Amanda's I like Amanda. The only time I didn't like Amanda was when she tried to well actually I don't know if you watched that season. Wait, I think that was I think that was 20 where she tried yes. to jack the jack the the hidden immunity idol from from someone during reward. Yeah, well, the clue to the hidden immunity the idol. Oh, they were in watching like, yeah, Treasure Island. I'm just yeah, watching, watching Treasure, Treasure Island. Island. When they were watching yeah. <laughs> and they, she was just trying to yank it from her. <laughs> from Danielle, I from think. Danielle. <laughs> I was Wait, like, so why, just read it. Because it doesn't matter if you keep it, just read it. Because then you at least know what the, the, the clue is. But, and then um, I, I don't like... Lauren likes Courtney. I do not like Courtney. <laughs> Courtney's so funny. I'm just mesmerized by her eyes. I don't know what her eyes are not like, proportional. Her but she always gives the like head down like she has like giant eyes <laughs> i'm just like whoa you look she looks like uh alita um oh battle angel <laughs> battle angel <laughs> uh who else on that season is likable um i like i really did not expect to like frosty as much as i do but i really uh, like frosty bro frosty's cool he's so he always does a little j- a little dance when he does something i love him not a great uh-huh. twist not a great twist, I don't think. Um, yeah, so I got to that point, and I was like, I wasn't a huge fan because, like, at that point, I mean, they did the thing that I thought they were going to try do anyway, which is you lose the challenge because they're down seven five. Best case scenario, they lose both challenges and they even it up as far as like, uh, like five numbers until they get to the merge, and then at that point, it's every person for themselves, and you got to have someone flip. But no, nah, didn't didn't quite pan out that way. I'd like to point out that in our group chat right now, it's also entirely Survivor. Like, this isn't like a bit. Like, (laughs) all we talk about is Survivor now. I'm telling you, they created a monster in me. If they get me interested in something, I'm going to annoy the hell out of them. It's like, it was like this niche thing that you guys would kind of chat about sometimes. You talk about Big Brother, and now we're all just, it's just like all in all the time. (laughs) Big Brother is bad, actually. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm watching Big Brother 10 right now, and that's like one of the last like really good Big Brother seasons. Big Brother 10 is so good. It's mm-hmm. ridiculously good, but yeah. Uh, 
it's just bad that like yeah it's like survivor had the dark ages where t- seasons 21 through 24 were awful 25 is great 26 is awful so they had a f- six season span where five of the six seasons were terrible but that's only three years big brother has had in the last 10 years like three good seasons yeah, you, I didn't. That's a good point because they feel they have two every year, two seasons every mm-hmm. year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So the impact of a bad season isn't as huge, but like that era is called the dark ages of Survivor because of how bad it is. I'm in that right now, um, season twenty three. This is the, also the Redemption Island. Redemption uh, Island. Redemption so, Island's terrible. Like what it is. So now you don't get you're out if you get voted off. You, mm-hmm. you get, go to Redemption Island and. They slowly you get it votes two or three people there, and then you do uh, that a challenge there between the people who get voted out. Then you get knocked off. Is that off blood versus lose. water? Blood versus water also has Redemption Island. Okay, it's appeared I, I, three I, I, times. I, I, it I, appeared. It appeared on Redemption Island, South Pacific, and Blood versus Water. And then there's I, also I been Earth something Earth. called Edge of Extinction, which is an even worse version of Redemption Island. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I very, very, very strongly believe that redemption island is one of the worst things that they've ever added to survivor because the most important thing in survivor is the vote and redemption island means the vote doesn't matter i think also a thing is is that on these seasons it has returners and granted some returners have had success on the seasons but i think it it makes it easier for them to be like well let's just get the returner out of here well i think it makes it harder because of redemption island because they could be like while they're going to come back. It was designed specifically to protect the returning players. Like it was designed so that Russell and Rob had a bonus life. So yeah, spoiler alert, Rob and Russell are, are in season 23 as the returners because it spurred from the- I don't think the, that's much of a but, spoiler for anybody. That I guess, like the first I guess it's, it's, been out, it's been out for 10 years now too. So I mean, if you, but, uh, but it also came from Heroes versus Villains at the reunion show. They both were like, they wanted to go up against each other and so two mm-hmm. years, two seasons later it happened mm-hmm. i really like rob now because i didn't watch all stars or marquesas so i kind of came on to the rob mariano story late mm-hmm. now boston rob's probably one of my favorite players boston well, rob he's also one the, he's one of the ones on mount rushmore also one of the best um amazing race contestants of all time <laughs> like low-key really really good at the amazing race i mean i feel like survivor pre- prepares you for stuff like that I mean, it was him and amber and he was somehow playing his mind games on the amazing race <laughs> also he's still married to amber and so that's really wholesome i'm so happy yeah and their kids all look like amber like they all look like clones of amber so was i what season was boston rob first on uh, he Marquesas, was on Marquesas which is season four. Yeah. Okay, so I haven't watched his first season. So is it fair to say that, so is his kind of thing that he kind of changed how Survivor is played or like strategically? Like what did he no, do? No, he didn't really change anything. He's just like, he is the prototypical godfather player. Yeah, I think he was one of like, kind of like an OG blindside kind of person because mm-hmm. particularly in eight, he formed an alliance with his wife and screwed over the, his other tribe basically to do it or is that or mixing well, parts of that in four yeah in eight he like did 
I mean, he he didn't necessarily screw over his tribe. He screwed over his friend, who then became very bitter about it, and then he just screwed over everybody. Hmm. Um, he kind of played the scorched earth game that Russell plays before okay. Russell yeah. played it, and he learned his lesson, whereas Russell never learns his lesson. I was about to say, because I, I was just about to say, that sounds like Russell. So what's the difference? But I guess that now is that he learned his lesson. And he and he's also a good social player. Like, he's a likable guy. Yeah, people, people enjoy like him. being around him. People hate playing with Russell. Well, because he's just... And that's why he's never going to win Survivor, because you're never going to vote for someone you don't like. Not jury, Nobody no. likes Russell. Not on jury, no. Yeah, uh, exactly. No, but I think it's still a point... I, like I said, I still kind of like game respect game. Like Russell, I think, is one of the best players of all time. And I think they talked about that in season 20, that Russell's really not playing to win, even though he says he wants to win and wants to be considered soul survivor. Sorry, he's a, I'm, he's a, I'm not sure if he's playing to win. I think he's truly like a joker type. He's an agent of chaos, and he just wants to watch the world burn. Well, I, think he's, I think he's, he's trying playing to the win, but he, he, he yeah, can't he's playing grasp the way that it. He, he's playing the way that he thinks will win him the game, but he doesn't understand that the way that he plays will never win him the game because no one will ever vote for him at Final Tribal Council. Especially like now he has a reputation. Yeah. So His nephew, man, I, I don't know what season he has yeah. to freak out 20, on. 23. Well, so he's on 23. I'm watching that right now. Yeah. It is cringy. So it, 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 he also comes back and plays again and it is very clear both times that he plays that he should never have been cleared to play from a mental health perspective um i i, I heard in because it is a 26 caramel that he comes yeah. back because yeah. i heard there's something that happens between him and philip yeah <laughs> well it's between him and everyone but mostly him and philip i think that's the one i saw yeah that's the incident you're talking about David. is that is that the one where uh i forget his name it might be philip but yes. he makes the secret agent names yes the, yes. the specialist the specific, <laughs> former federal agent yes does this mean i need to skip 26 when i finish 25 26 today? is really bad skip 26 i also don't think the winner is in 40 so the winner is not in 40 the winner is a it played really well that season but it is a very present theme of the 20s where they set up the season for one specific person to win. Really? Yeah. Like, yes. No. Now, thinking of like a dream tribe, like just being like pure entertainment value, just do like eccentricity. Like, I was thinking if you we had Philip, we had Coach, we had someone like Cowboy, um, How- Randy, oh, Randy, <laughs> Chicken. Um, Damn! <laughs> Damn! Um, and then also Ralph from season 22. Ralph's okay. I would rather Tyson than Ralph, but Ralph would be a good fit on that tribe just because he hates Ralph. Or Troy Zan. Troy Zan too, I think, is another eccentric one. Mm-hmm. Wait, how do you know Troy Zan? The cameo thing. <laughs> oh. I have not actually watched him play, but I have seen his stuff. I was wondering because I was thinking One World is 24. Yeah. And Game Changers is 34. So I didn't think you'd seen either of his seasons. But yeah. I'm going to make my final plea. Since you have all access, the challenge is right there. Season 19, Freshman oh, 2. I actually realized uh, that you have to, you, people who get the, uh, like a promotional discount on the subscription have to wait a full year before they get the access. So I actually cannot get it until June. That's weird. So 
because CBS doesn't want basically to be, I think, skimped on paying like a promotional rate. Mm -hmm. They want to get their portion of the revenue. Um, season, wait, let me look. Sorry, go on. I st I, it's just fascinating. And so, oh, someone in 23, I haven't met you, <laughs> Aaron. I really like Cochran. John Cochran. Mm -hmm. He's an interesting character. But I, I don't I don't see him having much legs just because of just how physically inept he is. Yeah, well, and the tribe also just kind of hates him. Yeah. Is he the one that got sunburnt? Yes, on 26, yes. Oh, dear. Yeah, so he's, he's like the super fan that knows everything about everyone and such. Mm -hmm. uh, but now, now, the more you watch it, you kind of at least get that inkling in the back of the head. I wonder if I could do this. I don't. But <laughs> I think my thing, I don't even know if I'd be able to focus on the game much because I'm such a picky eater. I feel like that would that would destroy me. You just have to eat rice. <laughs> well, no, I could eat the rice. Like I said, if when they have all the meals and whatnot, if, if, I don't know. Here's I could do the thing. I keep saying I could do Big Brother, but Big Brother is three times as long as Survivor. Yeah, like, like that's a days. long time. Ninety days is a very long time. Or, or if they did the challenge where you have to eat the the Jeff special or the smoothies that he makes, that I would I I, I would screw the team over with that. I could I do um, the circle. Circle would be easy. Isn't the circle like a week? Exactly. <laughs> I think I could do Survivor or Big Brother. Some of those eating challenges, I'm looking at like, man, I would be terrible at those. Like, I do it. You gotta win the challenge. I'm going all out for my tribe. Like there was, there are a couple that I think I could do. Like they did one was like baby turtle. There was another mm -hmm. one that was. They do uh, balut a lot. Yeah, but then they got to chicken fetuses, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah, balut. A <laughs> uh, balut. Yeah. Uh. 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 Here's my thing. If it's like in the middle of the game and you can't do it, that's fine. On the challenge, there's always an eating part during the final. And there's like hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line. And yeah. I have seen teams quit a final because they couldn't eat the food. Damn. And I'm like, if I'm that close, I'll find a way. It's chicken tenders. I'll find a way. <laughs> just keep telling myself that I'm eating chicken tenders. And, then, and just seeing how the games are going and everything, I feel like I wouldn't be top-notch athletically at, by any comparison. And so I could be able to just fly under the radar in that sense and just, if I can own a nice social game, I feel like I could at least make the merge, if not farther. Can I Can I say one? I'm going to play, I'm going to complain one more time about season 14. <laughs> just one more time. Um, I was really pissed when I watched it because I don't know if you are... Have you all watched 14 or no? Yes. Mm -hmm. I don't think I have, but go ahead. You don't need to watch it. Um, I was just pissed because I remember very clearly now, when I was thinking back on it, I remember Dreams making, making that deal with Yao Man and saying if they got to Final Four, um, he would give him the immunity. But So, so Dreams' trick was that he was going to try and get him out before Final Four. And that was the first season of the regular immunity idol that we know it today. So he yeah. couldn't, it's not God idol. So he was trying to get him to not play it and trick him into bl a blind side. Mm -hmm. And he, they were literally 
this freaking close, this close. But then I forget her name. She's the Asian lady that made it to like almost towards the end. She was in final five. I cannot remember her name, but she like said something during tribal council that was like, well, you know, so I may not vote how people think I'm going to vote. And it tipped him off to use the freaking hidden immunity. I don't know. I was so pissed because it's like, why? I don't understand why people intentionally kind of hint at how they're going to vote. Like, especially when you're trying to blindside somebody, like if you're going to be upfront about it, fine. But if you're trying to blindside somebody, why would you even give them an inkling that you're going to vote yeah. for them? You know, it's also, so stupid. Cough, cough, Philip, because Philip won't tell any lies. <laughs> In fact, he'll just put everything on the table at tribal council. Uh, Aaron, before we move off of Survivor, you said you were going to tell me why you think or you said you had to unpop. I said I feel like Sash should have won 21. Oh, yes. If you say so-and-so that lost the season at the, like that made it to final travel and lost, if you say XYZ person deserved to win and they did not win, you're wrong. <laughs> there's, there's no getting around it because there's no such thing as someone being more deserving than the person that won because the goal at the end of the game is to get the majority of the, or the plurality of the jury's votes. If you didn't do that, if you couldn't do that, then you don't deserve to win. There's nothing plain and simple. There's nothing more to the game than that. And if you think that someone played well enough to deserve the jury's votes, clearly they didn't understand their jury well enough to do what they needed to do to get those jury votes at the end. I w- I'm with you up until the very end, because I feel like there are some people who, because of circumstances that they cannot control, could never win the jury. I don't know if there's anything Sasha could have done in that season to make it to the end and also not piss off the jury. Our guy, so close. Also that season, I love when Nayanka said, I am the last African-American here. It's hard cut to Sash sitting in the corner. Um, I like when Nayanka says that they should smuff her torch. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I'm trying to think of myself. Hold on, because I remember Nayanka. Has Nayanka only been on once? She's only or been, she on been on once. She's never going to come back. No, she no. should come back, but they're never bringing her back. Ain't oh, no way wait. she ever comes back. But maybe I did see that season. Hold the on. The only person who's she ever come back from that season is Brenda. Yeah, she was a recruit. Thought, there's they, no way she's they not a ran, uh, Two casting people ran into her on the Long Beach boardwalk when she was really high. And her flip-flop broke and she was in a really bad mood. And they walked up to her and they were like, excuse me, do you know what time it is? And she looked at them really pissed and was like, you have watches and iPhones and you're asking me what time it is. And they were like, you'd be really good TV. Do you want to be on Survivor? And then she got on the casting train. I figured. And that is a true story for what it's worth. She did a, a Survivor podcast about a month or so ago. Um, and yeah, she told that story. Okay, I did see that season. So I, I needed to see Sash to, to really like, but who, who was saying that Sash deserved to win? Oh, I said, I felt like Hopefully. Sash. I, let me rephrase. I think Sash was the best player that season. I think part of your mistake was saying that there are any good players that season. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Brenda was good for a while until she wasn't. Yeah. 
also I think we lost David. Yeah, I also believe we lost David. That's fine. Um, he'll, when he gets back, we'll be talking about basketball. So, Carolina went six and one in January. Yeah, I didn't realize that until someone tweeted that the other day. Like, we were good last month. This month, mm-hmm. last month, by the time the pot gets up, we um we kind of wrecked shop. Besides the Florida State game, which was winnable, but I think Florida State was the better team then. Mm-hmm. We just played really well. Um, or never mind, the Miami game that did happen. But other than that, we kind of have. Roy said that we haven't turned a corner, but I don't know if there's another cliche to use about this team. So I will say that I feel like we are starting to turn the corner. The corner is in sight. So do we think that instead of a January slump, do we now have a November and December slump? Possibly. Matt, if you were saying. I was happy because I put my foot in my mouth because the person who I projected to be the disappointment of the year is actually the one leading the charge, and that's Mondo. And so I couldn't be happier to be wrong. Well, I mean, to that point, I think we all just expected Garrison to just pick up where he left off. And I expected Armando, me personally, I expected Armando to fall behind Dayron Sharp from what we were hearing from training camp and like preseason. But man, like, Armando is turning it like he's our best big right now. He's our most fundamentally sound big. You know, Dayron Sharp is the most naturally talented, I think. Like he's going to, he's the one that I think has the most, uh, like he, he just has it. He still scares me when he has that Joel James kind of thing where I get kind of scared when he dribbles sometimes. But uh, y'all remember that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but like for the most part, he's like he's a good passer. He has soft touch around the rim, and he's strong as hell. But um, you know, I just expected I just expected Garrison to be a little bit better, and I also kind of expected Walker Kessler to be a little bit better. But he's he's got some work to do. <laughs> yeah, I think that one this maybe the last we see of Dayron. <laughs> I feel like he he might go after this season. Um, just based on how they were talking about him during who was our last game? Um, during the pit during the pit game, they're like, "Oh, he's like number two big on the board." Um, and I was like, "Oh, I don't want to hear that." Yeah. Um, but good for you, get your money. I feel like having the steadying minutes of Anthony Harris helps a lot. I think that Caleb Love has done a lot to turn the team around. And the more he plays, the better he's getting. Um, Even more than the points, man. The five assists to zero turnovers in the first half was huge, man. And he's getting... um his defense has gotten worlds better than it started at the beginning of the season. And if he can continue to guard like the good guards coming up, um, we're going to be competitive in the ACC, right? If the season ended today, um, we wouldn't play till Thursday in the ACC tournament, which is huge. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, looking at like our next game is Clemson, I believe. Right. 
And I, that's a completely winnable game with how they've been playing. They've fallen off a cliff. They have. But when you look back at the at the whole season, I feel like the only bad loss we have, surprisingly, is that state game, that first state game. That's the only, in my opinion, because Georgia Tech is trending in the like trending upwards. They have one of the best offenses in the a, in the ACC. FSU is proving that they're a great team. Um, you know, we lost to sorry, we lost to FSU Tech State. That's our three. We're we're six and three, right? In conference, yeah. In conference, and then before that, we have Iowa, who is a little bit iffy, but they're still a, a top. 15 top 10 potentially team with a player of the year candidate on the team. And then you have Texas who is also doing very well, who we only lost to by, you know, a possession. Um, So like all in all, like, you know, I'm willing to say that, you know, I freaked out (laughs) at the beginning of the season, especially because like, you know, and I'll stand by that, you know, I don't like to run away from my bad takes. Um, You know, we, this team is showing that they're a lot different from last year. It's just after last year, it just looked like it was trending in the same direction, especially with the guard play. But they've, I mean. I tra- think that we were right. all a little traumatized by last season. Yeah, was, yeah. But then also we're a little spoiled because like that's also a regular season for NC State. So we need to be, a, we need to be a little bit more, you know, understanding sometimes. Speaking <laughs> of NC State, that went, or that loss is going to look a little icky, I feel like, by the end of it, especially. I guess we'll see today. It's mid-afternoon Sunday when we're recording. They play um, state plays later today. Um, and we'll De- see Daniel. how they do without Devin Daniels. Um, that's a bit of a yikes scenario for them. But for Carolina, we have Clemson coming up. Uh, like David says, since their COVID pause, they have been bad. They have given up 85 points to Virginia. Yikes. Um, 83 points to Georgia Tech. Uh, 80 points to Florida State. They beat Louisville, but only scored 54 points doing it. Um, and then gave up 79 points to Duke while only scoring 53. Their effective field goal percentage is the worst in the ACC. Knock on wood. Yeah. Um, but not that close behind. They're going to be shooting bombs from behind the arc now. <laughs> I know. But um, it's an entirely winnable game on the road, though. Um, but it, we should win this one. Yeah. And then on Saturday, Duke part one and Cameron. So that's my thing is like, is that's the question is – is Duke for real? Like, so they were trying to find for real, <laughs> like for real, as in like, they can actually maintain competitiveness in the ACC. Cause they were looking real bad, like not making the tournament bad. And then, you know, they, they get a win against Georgia tech. who's a good team. You get a win against Clemson, uh, a bad team, <laughs> you know, arguably. And then, so it's like, I don't know how to think about it. Um, are they because like what they're they're still I think they're like five and four. They have a winning record in the ACC right now. So it's like, hmm. yeah, they're five and three in the ACC. Their stretch coming up is not that difficult. They have Miami, then us, then Notre Dame, then State, then Wake Forest. That's, ooh, that's baby. That's a baby stretch right there. Yeah, I, I mean, their losses in the ACC are to. Virginia Tech, who's 
beat Virginia. They're pretty good. Pitt is pretty decent this year, and Louisville is pretty decent this year. So we'll see. All I got to say is, uh, based on what we saw the other day, I don't care if it is Dayron or Walker or anyone. If Jalen Johnson's driving to the basket, don't do jump. Not jump. Don't jump. Just, Always just jump. <laughs> I would rather. I would rather you get posterized trying to block the shot than giving up on it because you're get, never gonna block. Hand that man down. Is if a you business try, decision. If you don't try, they're gonna score on you every time. If you try, they're not gonna score every single time. And get out the way. Just no. get out the way. No. <laughs> if you get out the way, also, you're getting benched on it, my team. It's an empty Cameron. Shit. So it's an empty Cameron. So we don't have to worry about them exploding or anything. Like uh, for the fans getting wild and crazy about it. So just let I them have it. If we, we have to take advantage of our size in the paint, because Duke, as many an NBA player has said this season, is too small, too little. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, though, we're going to see a good amount of Mark Williams, who is a person I figured out existed during the Clemson game, um, that they've just been hiding a seven-footer on their bench. Um, and he played decently well against um, against Clemson, so I am a little bit nervous about him. We'll see. We'll see. They're not good from – like, well, I'm, again, knock on wood – they're not good from three-point range, and they don't have size inside. So hopefully we can take advantage. Super Bowl? Super Final Bowl. NFL game of the season. Thank you, Matt. Don't want to get demonetized. Um, Bucks playing at home against the Chiefs. What are y'all's thoughts? What do you think? I'll take the Chiefs. I think my opinion hasn't changed since a month ago where I said it's like Alabama. Until the Chiefs lose, you're not going to pick them to lose. And then even after they lose once, you're still going to pick them to win every game. My main points of concern is that uh, Mike Rimmers is going to be starting at tackle for the Chiefs. And we all remember what happened the last time Mike Rimmers started at tackle during the Super Bowl. Going up against Shaq Barrett. <laughs> That's a mismatch if I've ever seen one. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's that might be rough. And that's the only reason I have pause about picking the Chiefs. Uh, you know, I think that Tampa's defense is good. It's good enough to cause some issues. I think they're great. Yeah. I, think they're, I think the D-line is great. Yeah. So like they're they can they can create some issues, especially if Patrick uh, Mahomes's uh, toe is still bothering him, and he's not quite as mobile. But I think the Chiefs' defense is also pretty solid. It's going to create some issues for Tom Brady. And Tom Brady did not have a great game last game. If he throws three picks against the the, the Chiefs, I would wager to guess that they're not going to not you know score six points on three turnovers like the uh, the Packers did. Um, you know, this I mean, the, the Chiefs have multiple things that you basically can't guard. And that's, you know, that's Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And they're going to have Sammy Watkins back. 
and they're going to have Miko Hardman there. And they're, it's just like, there's, there's just so much. There's so much to that freaking offense that it's like, you're going to have to outscore them, I think. And I don't know if Tom Brady has the arm for it, but we'll see. I could be completely wrong. It's the Super Bowl. It is where Tom Brady has made a name for himself. He, he has proven time and time again that he is built for that stage. Now you're going to see is he, if can the Bucks as a team do it? Because we knew the Patriot way, the whole way the Patriots did it. Like we knew that Bill Belichick was going to come with something defensively that was going to, you know, I think what was it? It's like they always try to take away your first option and make your section, their, their second option beat you. The Chiefs have like five options <laughs> and they're all the one option. You know, they're all first options. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's exactly. That's in any other situation option. with any other team, if they were by themselves, they would be the number one option. It's the first, that's, that's the thing. It's like, you know, it's just, it's just, I, I don't know how you stop it unless Mahomes beats himself. You, you know, and he faced a good defense last year in the Super Bowl. You go up against a 49ers defense that was almost historic. And up, they still and up Up until the fourth quarter, he played the worst game of his career. Correct. And he still <laughs> won. He still won. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I, I think – go ahead, Mav. I was just going to say, just given my – I think it's going to be a, a fantastic – I think it's going to be a really entertaining game. And so that's why I'm excited. I don't – one of those where I really don't care who wins. Um and I just think I just see a lot of storylines that make it very intriguing. It's by all means the goat versus the goat in waiting for the goat apparent, and goat seeing that kind of a, uh, um, seeing that kind of a matchup. Because again, Tom Brady's always been in the AFC, so we would have never got this type of a situation had he stayed in New England. So now being able to see a matchup like this, I mean, he went through Breeze and Rogers to get to the Super Bowl, and now faces. Patrick Mahomes. So it's, I think it is going to be really fun. I do think the Chiefs are going to win it. They just have too many weapons. But I think you're also just as much as you don't count out the Chiefs until they lose, I don't think you count out Tom Brady until it, the clock hits zero in the Super Bowl. I, yeah, I agree. I am rooting pretty strongly for the Chiefs for two big reasons. Number one, because I hate Tom Brady and don't want to see him win again. And number two, because I think that our friend Xavier will be insufferable if the Buccaneers win. I will say I want to give him credit for being so brave to say that Tom Brady would make a Super Bowl. That is a really brave take of him to make, and I think he deserves credit for that. So, Xavier, if you're listening, props to you. I didn't give you enough credit for being so brave. (laughs) Oh, man. So, I... I'm going between um, because unlike the bid, I have actually turned into the better of this pod- of this podcast. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I want to take the the Chiefs by one to six points or take the Chiefs by seven to thirteen points. I'm leaning seven to thirteen. I would also. I, I mean, if I were a betting man, I would probably say seven. <laughs> Because I feel like it would be. I mean, I'm not Tom, because I live in North Carolina. Yeah, but yeah. if I were, yeah, Tom would throw maybe like a crucial interception, and then the Chiefs bust it open, and then they tries to come back, maybe scores and gets it within two scores, but doesn't. My dad's going to be very nervous next week. Also, not a whole lot of commercials coming next year. That's going to be different. This is very true. The, I think Budweiser's opted out. Coke, Pepsi. 
several of the big brands aren't doing commercials this year. Interesting. So commercial wise, I have, so I have YouTube TV and on the ACC network is sometimes YouTube TV gives you like the, net, the ads are playing. Sometimes they just give you personalized ads. Um, for whatever reason, YouTube TV thinks that I want to watch um, five Packer and Durham commercials in a row every time <laughs> I watch our games on the ACC network. So most of the time I switch over to uh, the ESPN app so I can um, hear about the Spurtle and Gotham Steel Pans and whatever whatever, whatever other QVC um, products are selling there. But now I'm hoping for the Super Bowl. They don't give me my own personalized ads. I want to see the Super Bowl ads. Speaking of Packer and Durham, I guess that could be the next thing we talk about. Uh, UNC's football schedule got released. Oh, yeah. Oh, do, wait, do we want to gloss over the trade that the Lions and the Rams made? Oh, yeah. Let's do let's do um, Lions, Rams, and then we'll do... Um, and then we'll do UNC football. So the Rams traded um, Jared Goff Frank, and everything. the rest of their future um, for Matt Stafford. I <laughs> I think this is a win for every single person involved in the trade. I disagree. I think it's a lot. It's a L for Jared Goff, who has lived in California his entire life and now has to live in Detroit. Okay, but he has to pay so much less in taxes. He's not in nearly as high of a pressure situation. Like, his career was going nowhere in L.A. I'd rather have my career go nowhere in L.A. than have my career go nowhere in Detroit. Y'all are shitting on the Midwest for no reason. <laughs> Detroit is better than you give credit for. I'm sure Don't it is. Wrong. I'm sure it's I hate a Detroit, city. but it, it's better than you give it credit for. Didn't no, you just go I, there for a bowl game? You should know. Yeah, I was there. I Ford Field. Go. I did not go. Because yeah, I'm good, vouch. It's a good field. Uh, it's indoor. <laughs> it was nice. Because I wasn't going to leave uh, my family at Christmas to go to Detroit. <laughs> um, I, no, I, I think that Matt Stafford to the Rams makes the Rams very scary next year. I think that they are probably the team to beat in the NFC now. Interesting. Or they are one of the top contenders, if not the team to beat. I mean, it's not going to be for lack of weapons. Yeah. I mean, I think that their biggest problem over the past year is that they didn't have a competent quarterback. And now they have a very competent quarterback. Yeah, I mean, like, he's been, McVay has been scheming around Jared Goff for the past four or five years and got to a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. This is very, I feel bad for my Seahawks fans, friends. And I also think that the Rams, what they gave up isn't too extreme because they're in their window. They, like... Picks are valuable, but you have to hit on those picks. And Jared Goff was owed so much guaranteed money. It was worth every single pick that they gave up. Yeah, I think generally first-round picks or, like, draft picks in general are overvalued by the sports fan. Um, <laughs> I've kind of turned heel on that too, Colby, where it's like you're, you are trading an unknown for a known. You know, or at least you at least 
mostly unknown. I know that if you trade whatever many draft picks for Deshaun Watson, you know you're getting Deshaun Watson. I could be getting a bust or three busts with first round picks. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Picks don't mean anything in a vacuum. You have to make the right pick with those draft picks to make it valuable. No, I entirely agree. Um, And I guess the other big NFL news this week was Deshaun Watson officially asking for a trade. I don't think he's going anywhere besides New York or Miami. Um, I'd love for him to come to Charlotte. I don't think he's interested in coming back to the Carolinas, but if he wanted to come on, (laughs) come on down, I am fine parting with almost everything we have to get Deshaun Watson here, but it it sounds like he's going to the Jets or the Dolphins. Yeah, I agree. My gut says the Dolphins, but who knows? But I think it also means that J.J. Watt getting traded is almost a certainty at this point. I feel like you have to if you're the Texans. You can't leave him around. You can't keep him around. And I would be overjoyed if the Browns traded for him because all the buzz that I've been seeing is that the price is going to be something like a second rounder and a sixth rounder. And granted, to get the most out of J.J. Watt, he's only a 30 or 40 down a game guy. But a second rounder and a sixth rounder for 30 snaps a game of J.J. Watt, I'll do that in a heartbeat. Because you play him inside the 20s on third down and on big drives, he's a game changer. Oh, yeah. And you could put him in any scheme. You can keep him as like a 3-4 DN. He would be fine as a 4-3 DN. Um, yeah. yeah. Exactly. You put him opposite an elite pass rusher and that's a scary front seven not no even elite, just, there. just a good pass rusher just be able to command that attention on one side of the line mm-hmm. all right let's get to the football schedule mav what are you thinking what are you seeing? I know you are nervous about this first game. Yeah, so just running it down, everybody, for those who don't know, September, either Thursday or Friday, the second or third of September, we are opening the season against Virginia Tech. That was not something that has been at least thought of, conceived until the schedule was actually released. So I think that's when we'll get into really quickly. Um, in just a moment, we then have a home stretch. We have Georgia State at home on September 11th followed by September 18th versus Virginia. It might be a pre-honeymoon festivities for Colby. (laughs) Uh, And then September 25th, we're going down to Atlanta to face Georgia Tech. I've heard they might be playing in Mercedes-Benz Stadium for that game. They have a contractual agreement to play one ACC team in Mercedes-Benz. That would be really nice. Uh, October – and then what starts – a uh, really interesting stretch. I think this is probably the hardest stretch of the season. It's the month of October at home versus Duke, at home versus Florida State, at home versus Miami on the 16th. We have a bye week, and then we face uh, Notre Dame in South Bend on October 30th. And the round out the season, Wake Forest, and one of those weird non-conference games, even though they're ACC, November 11th at Pittsburgh, November 20th, Wofford, and November 26th, the day after Thanksgiving at NC State. Boo! Hate that Black Friday games. Put it on. We Saturday. have three games on non-Saturdays. Yeah. So the pit game is on a Thursday. NC State's on a Friday. Virginia Tech is on a Thursday or a Friday. 
I don't understand the Thursday or Friday games. Like, just decide. Yeah, I don't know. Stay your flag. But it's automatic prime time, which I can get on board for. Yeah, that's true. I don't also prime time. We know what happens in prime time. (laughs) But but also not competing too. So it's going to be like we're going to be the only game in town too. So everybody's going to watch. But so yeah, starting right off, I, I when I first saw the the, the, the schedule, I was immediately kind of nervous just for irrational reasons that we're starting off the season against Virginia Tech, who is probably other than Miami the other team that we would be competing for the Coastal Division for. Uh, and so, in a way, you can almost knock one or the other off, most likely to start the season. And so that just makes me nervous because you always fear if the the teams kind of need some growing pains or uh, start slow and then they just lose a bad game or whatnot, not to mention it's in Blacksburg. And despite us winning pretty handedly this year, and I think our uh, trajectory wise, Carolina is going up, Virginia Tech's going down. It's in Blacksburg. Virginia Tech's always a team that has North Carolina's number and you just have to always be concerned. And, but probably no Hinton hooker. No, he transferred. Did he not? He transferred to Tennessee. That's right. Hinden Hooker. It's going, it's, it's going to be Bur- Burmeister. Barbecue chicken. So, uh, <laughs> um, I hope barbecue, barbecue chicken alert. And the Miami game, maybe no. Um, Derek King. Yeah, maybe no Derek King. Depending on, I doubt he'll he'll be back before yeah. that game. If it was end of the season, maybe. But that's this still pretty mid season. I mean. ACL is nothing to mess with, and even in college football, even if it happened in the bowl game and has this whole entire time before the season starts, I'd be shocked. Depending on how vaccine rollout goes, um, the the CDC and other people that decide um, health things have said they want to get everyone vaccinated by the end of summer. Uh, Virginia Tech might be rocking uh, <laughs> that, that first game. Uh, that's quite an environment to be in um, yeah. against a team and a, a fan base that doesn't like us very much no. uh, for the first game. But like you said, they're, they're definitely we're, we would be seeing a, a much different kind of overall team. They lost just they returned three seniors with the new rule, but they lost Khalil, Her- Khalil Herbert. They lost Hendon Hooker. Um, I feel like Burmeister is probably the least concerning quarterback of the tandem we faced when we played this year. And I mean, they lost a lot of their defense, if I'm not mistaken. So I just hope we come out and Sam Howell starts his Heisman campaign off right. Because, and it's like I said, being a, a primetime game, probably the only one on the slate, it, the national media is going to be watching. I don't see many losses on this schedule, friends. I'll be I have, honest, I'm looking at this schedule. I don't see a single loss. I, I I have to be have trepidation over Virginia and Florida State because I thought those teams those were going to be wins this year and then they'd be us. But they're at home, and I feel like especially with a with a vaccine rollout, uh, having a home crowd it could definitely turn the tide for that. I mean Notre Dame. I mean they're they're going to be good. I don't think they're going to be as good at, as last year uh, with Ian Book and everything being gone now, and they lost several players as well. Uh, they're it's in South Bend too, so it's on the road. I mean, that was a, a I think that was a, a generational Notre Dame team. Uh, 
they were remarkably good, better than um better than the teams that we have seen from Notre Dame recently. I don't think that they'll be able to do what they did last year again. I still like you said, I still think they're gonna be good, but I don't think they're gonna be anywhere close to as good as um as they were last year. I like the games that we have at home. I'm glad we get Miami and Virginia at home. Um, I'm excited for the Florida State game. I feel like that's good. If, if, if they're going to allow a full crowd, that might be the best thing since the Miami game in 2019. Mm-hmm. I'm fine going on the road to Pitt. Um, on the road to Georgia Tech it sounds fine to me. Again, state game. We have started to have state's number in recent years, but you know, at least at the start of that game, it's going to get feisty. Um, it always ends up that way. It's going to be a rock fight the first half. So, I mean, I think Wake Forest is another one to be worried about. Cause, I mean, it took 59 points or whatnot to beat them. And they're returning just about everybody except for Sage Strat. I mean, Sam Hartman coming yeah, back. Sam they have a lot. Of, they're reloading on – they're keeping everybody on their offense other than Sage Strat. I mean, I, I think they're going to be a problem. I mean – like being on a more pessimistic side, I still see a three-loss you know, schedule. I um, I'm glad that's a um, a non-conference game. <laughs> yeah, Wake Forest. So, right. but I'm excited to see what our what our, our young guys do. I'm excited to see if we have a similar kind of situation with this class, especially being a more highly touted class of people being like uh, the Jaquarius Conleys, um, the Tonys, and such that elevate their game at so early on uh, that already kind of staked their claim, but we just have so many people returning. It's, it's going to be probably, it's going to be really good. I think. I'm turning my, my Twitter into a Tony Grimes fan account. 